What's going on everybody and finally welcome back to the Hoops Corner. I'm your host Peter Tran and on the line after a long hiatus the Iceman himself still in the dog pound. Josh Cohen how you doing? Uh, feeling fine excited about all this free agency news and you know potentially some big news coming down the line hopefully for Toronto soon. <laughs> oh a little teaser I like it I like it. The banger in the paint our residential medical expert Rajan Walia how you feeling? I just like how Josh skipped over the entire NBA Finals like it just didn't happen. Because um, we didn't talk about it, so uh, I guess we can go back a, f- a few weeks. I'm not sure if we're going to go that far back, Peter, but uh, Andrew Wiggins, NBA champion. Who would have thought? Canadian Andrew Wiggins. Thank you very much. Canadian legend. I, I don't know about legend until he plays for Team Canada. I don't think he's a legend, but... Uh... You know, Canadian, Canadian resident, Canadian citizen, Andrew Wiggins. Yeah, I think we're done with him as our team leader now. I think uh, SGA has taken that over. Andrew Wiggins was never the Canadian team leader, okay? He was expected to be, though. He was expected to be like Maple Jordan. He was expected to be the guy for Team Canada. But now Team Canada has so much talent across the board. And SGA has totally taken over that mantle. I, I think Kelly Olynyk has played in more Team Canada games than Andrew Wiggins has. I mean, we probably have too. <laughs> and ones that Ouch. count anyway. Ooh, burn. Also, I SGA, mean, very nice. On, on that note, though, I mean, Canada hasn't really played any games that matter yet because they didn't even make the Olympics the last time. So, you know, the, It's a process, man. They're going to qualify for the World Cup. They're going to they're gonna medal at the World Cup. And then uh, we'll go from there. All right, it's a process, but uh, congratulations to Andrew Wiggins, Canadian citizen and NBA champion. Indeed. And uh, Steph Curry, I think, can you claim him? His wife is Canadian, isn't she? I mean, Steph did ball boy for the Raptors and uh, Del Curry was playing for them, so I guess we can claim him too. That's a deep connection, man. We'll take anything we can get. He was still hitting half-court shots when he was eight. Hey, that's a bad dude right there. All right, Josh. Let's get started. Uh, so Raj already alluded to it. We skipped all of the NBA Finals. Congratulations to the Warriors. Not so congratulations to the Celtics, but low-key congratulations. Got a lot further than most people thought they would this year. Um, I'll take the fault on this. You know, got married, left for a while. I'm not going to call you six hours ahead because uh, the NBA Finals are starting at 3 a.m. where I was. Uh, no excuse not the podcast getting married come on man you could have done a podcast late at night i won't lie there were a couple of nights after parties i came home and when we were in italy and i was like oh finals are on oh shit finals (laughs) are on (laughs) let this man have his honeymoon just let him breathe let him enjoy it he got married during that period too i got married during game two yeah yeah and i saw some people at our table watching the game too I'm glad somebody was, because I couldn't, man. I tried. <laughs> I really did try. Uh, anyways, skip the skip all the finals. Skip all of that. Skip the draft. I don't want. I don't care about the draft. Like, who cares about Chet Holmgren, Josh? He's too skinny to care about. He got bodied by Kenny Lofton Jr., the son of a baseball player, not even a basketball player. Come hey, on now. Talking about the banger in the paint, I think Raj could body him. <laughs> Light work. Light work. <laughs> literally light work uh but let's let's get to free agency man josh i need to know like what what caught you off guard was it a trade was it a big free agency signing did aaron holiday go into the hawks just pay you like whoa whoa what's going on here 
Like what, what really caught you off guard? See, I've been looking forward to this podcast because we haven't talked at all, even off the podcast, about all the moves that have happened so far. So there's actually two moves that I thought were going to happen, but in reverse order from one team getting the player I thought um, was going to get traded to them. And it happened to go to the other team that I thought was going to get the other player that was traded. So the two trades I'm talking about is DeJounte Murray and Rudy Gobert. I thought DeJounte <laughs> Murray was going to go to the Timberwolves yeah, and go for that type of package. And then I thought Rudy Gobert was for sure getting traded to Atlanta because that just made the most sense out of anything. Like all the rumors around John Collins, Clint Capella, and having probably the worst defensive player at the point guard position, you generally would think that you'd want to have the best defensive, potentially the best defensive player in the NBA behind him in order to, you know, have their, have a more stout defense and be able to cover for him, especially come, I mean, playoff time, depending on what you think of Gobert, obviously, <laughs> but the complete opposite happened. And it just has turned the middle of the NBA on his head. Hold on. DeJounte can cover for Trey Young, can't he? Kind of? Yeah, but then you have who behind them. Like, Clint Capella's okay, I guess. But is he going to be the guy that really shows up and putting up big numbers and making big defensive plays come the second round and come the conference finals? I'm not sure he can be trusted to even be in the game when it matters in those scenarios. Wow, you you're really that low on Gobert, eh? Mm. No, I'm talking about Capella. Oh, sorry, my bad, my bad, my bad. I thought you if were. If they so- traded for Gobert, I think that would have made a lot more sense. And same thing with Minnesota. Like if they had uh, Dejounte Murray, Edwards, and Cat together, I think that would have made a lot more sense than what they have right. I understand why they did it, but I still want to get your opinions on, especially the Gobert trade. <laughs> I really want to see what you guys think about this because everyone's killing Minnesota right now. So let's get into it. Yeah, way, way, way too much, right? Four, basically five first round picks and like what, four players on top of it? Rot- like two or three rotation players, including Jared Vanderbilt and Patrick Beverly, who were both starting for them last year. This is a lot yeah. of value for Rudy. It's a horrible trade for Minnesota. Um, especially because I was expecting that from Raj again, like (laughs) Gobert was probably on the outs in Utah, especially with Quinn Snyder leaving. Um, they overpaid for a player who, again, great defensive player can be a defensive anchor, but for Minnesota, I think they were looking to probably move on from D'Angelo Russell just because he hasn't really performed at the level they expected him to. Instead, they get rid of their best three and D player. Um, probably one of their bigger, hate him or love him, probably hate him, Patrick Beverly. Um, they get rid of him. Whoa, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. Who's their best 3D player? Probably Vanderbilt. He can't shoot threes. Whatever, he's the 3D mold. You'd hope that he develops into that. He's probably their best defensive player. And he is in that mold. Yeah. And then you give up base, what, from till 2028 in terms of first round draft picks? Um, so I, I just think that Utah really robbed Minnesota. There's nothing else that can explain it. And especially because like there's players like Kevin Durant that are on the market. Like, what is he gonna go for? Like eight first round picks and three starters? Like, this is just absurd. <laughs> Kitty's gonna get equity in the team, man, at this rate. <laughs> Pretty much. Like, I I I I don't know how Josh even thinks that it makes sense. And then they still have Cat unless they move on from him. Which I don't know if that's uh, the right decision moving on from Cat to Gobert um, and keeping D'Angelo Russell. 
So I'm uh I'm I'm honestly confused. Josh, if you can tell me why this makes sense, or Peter, if somehow this trade somehow makes sense, am I missing something? I think it makes sense from Minnesota side of things. From I mean, you have to look at from the first round series with Memphis, in that Minnesota couldn't get a stop when it mattered. Um, they couldn't really defend the rim without trying a bunch of weird stuff on defense. Like one thing that Minnesota has been good with is coach Finch is very good. Like Nick nurse and coming up with different ways to hide the worst defensive players on his team when they're on the court, like Russell became the quarterback of their defense by being the communicator, the guy telling everyone where to go, trying to get him involved on on defense by saying, you're the leader. Like you have to be this guy. Whereas before he was a pylon. And then with Cat, he's always, you know, he's he's a guy that's mostly dropped in the pick and roll. And then this year they had him come up to the screen and often trap and do different things against John Morant. They were trapping a lot. So um, and against Memphis as well, like they were just getting killed on the boards. Like the two things that they were struggling with were points in the paint all year. Defensively, they were middle of the pack. And rebounding wise they were just getting destroyed by brandon clark so if you put rudy gobert in that role and he's playing 30 plus minutes a game then you force a team like memphis to play stephen adams and then you don't have their best lineup out there with brandon clark and jaron jackson so there's sort of changes around um minnesota's lineups and their their complexity and how they can actually put everything together so you can potentially go with cat one night just playing center against a team that isn't playing as big and then if you're playing against a team like memphis that's destroying you on the boards you can get rudy gobert in there and actually have an option so i understand why minnesota did this but i think it was too soon right because anthony edwards is 20 years old yeah and he's not going to be ready to take the mantle and be the guy that brings you to the conference finals, which is what everyone's going to be expecting from him now. No, it's going to be that guy in like three to four years. No, no, no. No one is expecting Minnesota to make the conference finals. Everyone. Well, they are. No, no, no. I think Minnesota is expecting to get out of the first round. There's no way that they're expecting to go any further than that. They're not going to beat the Warriors, the Nuggets, not the Jazz, obviously the Mavericks. Who else is in the West? Who's at the, who else is at the top? I don't of the know list? if you can say the Mavericks anymore, though. Why? They lost Jalen Brunson. Lost their second best player, and they got pretty big, and they got bigger and better. Better? I don't know about it's, that. That's it's hard I to tell. We'll have to see how that. it works oh, out. They did not get better. Fine, whatever. Fine, fine. Take them out. The Grizzlies are in this conversation. The Clippers are co- supposed to come back healthy. Hopefully, they do this year. I don't know if. Minnesota is expecting to make this the like, the conference finals. I think they'll just be happy to get out of the first yeah, round. Yeah, and, and I think that's all this organization needs is something beyond the first round. Because when was last time they got out of the? When was last time they advanced? Oh four, that year with uh, Sprewell and Cassell and KG. You just need any type of success, man. I, I'm not saying you like should gamble your future on it, but you just had to do something. No. Can't just chill. No, no. This is this is not just something. This is like uh like taking a nuclear bomb and swallowing it. Cuz it's just like uh like you literally are gutting your team because what you're trading all these pieces, again, key role players, like and players that could actually develop into good starters. Like Vanderbilt could be a good 3 and D player in the future. Like he has the necessary 
Uh, no, I, I think. And then again, I don't three see it. first round draft picks for a player that you may play 50, who may start 50% of, okay, four first round draft picks for a player who may start 50% of the time. And yes, he might. Whoa, 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 whoa. You what? said play 50% of like, the time. Gobert might start. Oh, sorry. Cat might start if a team's playing small. No, 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 no. That's not what I said. I said that in crunch time, they might just have Cat out there in certain scenarios yeah. in the playoffs. So you're going to play Cat at the four. But in the regular season, both these guys are going to be starting together, and they're going to have a really good record. Oh, they're going to go Twin Towers, man. I actually, like, offensively, I actually really like this lineup. Imagine, sorry, Raj, I'm not going to include your boy Ant in this a theoretical here, but remember how good D'Angelo Russell was with Jarrett Allen during that one playoff run? When he had someone diving to the net hard every possession? Imagine him with Rudy. That's going to be a nice connection. And at the same time, like imagine a double screen with Rudy and go with Rudy and Cat on each side. Russell goes in, gets the screen on one side. Cat pops out. Rudy dives hard to the net. Your de- the defense is going to be all over the place. And then Russell's going to have that wide open floater that he loves in the middle. That's nice, man. That's a good. That's a good offensive setup, right? Yeah, there. but they're gonna. And then yourself, and they're gonna have so much lack of lateral speed on defense. It's gonna be horrible. Like p- p- players, like they're gonna they're gonna play small. Teams are gonna play small. Whoever is like uh, has cat on them is gonna bring up Gobert into the action. And no matter what they do to the action, basically you're gonna get an open shot. I don't know about that. I don't know about like an open shot. I think Rudy Rudy Gobert's uh, defensive impact has been shut on way too much in the no, past no. year. He's a great def- like two years ago. Two years ago, I I understand in that in that LA series he was exploited, but that Utah defense sucks. With Rudy, without Rudy Gobert, that defense was absolute trash. Yeah, remember the games he didn't play and Hassan Whiteside played? Like, their like defense the, gave up, like, 130 points a game. Yeah, like, statistically, without Rudy Gobert there, they were, like, a 28th defense in the league last year. It was incredibly bad. So, I'm not going to blame Rudy Gobert for Mike Conley getting old and washed up, for Donovan Mitchell falling asleep on defense, for Jordan Clarkson not playing any defense. Even Joe Ingles, he's old. He can't defend anything before he got hurt last year. And who else is there on Royce O'Neal? Ooh, what a great defender. Got traded for nothing to Brooklyn. You know, come on, man. Let's relax with the Rudy Gobert hate. It's too much. I think the package is way too much, but I like him into this system. The reason why I sort of like him in the system, too, is because of Chris Finch and what he can do with the players that I mentioned before. Like turning D'Angelo Russell into a half decent defensive player. And then having Cat do everything last year, like he was actually pretty decent on defense. And now he's going to be expected to play the Al Horford role where he's guarding the shooter, um, sometimes guarding the center, depending on if Gobert is on the floor. And I think mostly they're going to just try to force everything into the middle like Utah did, but they're going to have better wings around him when you have guys like, um, you know, McDaniels, Edwards, you have Kyle Anderson off the bench, Torian Prince playing some minutes off the bench too. So they actually have more around Rudy, which is why I think, especially in the regular season, like both Cat and Rudy hardly ever miss games, right? So I think they're almost guaranteed to be a top four seed just based on health. But come playoff time, they're obviously going to need some luck in order to get past a lot of teams. Because like Raj mentioned, 
um, with really good three-point shooting teams, like if they draw Golden State or the Clippers in the playoffs, then it could become a problem where you have to just stagger your lineups more and play one of those guys only. But it's still not a bad option to have one of those guys on the floor at all times, right? That's a pretty good yeah, thing. But, but like, again, I, I probably want to say my last piece here. I think in the in the NBA, it's kind of been shown that teams that have very good wing depth are teams that generally are, A, teams that make it deep into the playoffs, and B, teams that can adapt to different injuries, different playing styles, because having good wings just expands your offense a lot more and also gives you the versatility on defense not to get picked apart. And they went completely away from that philosophy. They went into guard, like offensive guard play, and centers and yeah i i just don't know about this i again i i can see them having a good record because even we don't care that much about the nba regular season um but when it comes to playoffs i think there's gonna be holes hey 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 i do come on now i'm just bitter about fantasy counterpoint by the way counterpoint milwaukee (laughs) bucks Giannis and brooke lopez and that was the best defense in the nba for a couple of years uh that that would be great if Cat uh, was like a quarter of the defender that Giannis is. You mean Brook? Because Cat would be Brook in this scenario, right? It doesn't matter if Cat was the quarter of a defender that either of them are. It would be great, but Cat's uh, a wash on defense, man. <laughs> I mean, a lot of this is going to depend on Cat getting better on defense, obviously, and then Anthony Edwards being the guy on offense because. Yeah. You know, I think they have to make a decision with Russell as well. Like, that's going to be a big part of all this and how it works in the next four years. Like, if they extend him, which they're probably going to have to do unless they trade him because he's expiring now. So you have to make a decision this year, probably this offseason, either way. If they actually had a point guard that you can rely on in the playoffs, I think this could definitely work. Like, if you had, like, you know, maybe prime Mike Conley, prime Kyle Lowry, that type of player that can play good defense and just run a good NBA offense and not have to be the guy on offense, then I think this could definitely work. But with Russell in there, you know, come playoff time, especially like a lot's going to be on Edwards and especially cat to uh, pick up a lot of the offense. Dennis Schroeder is still a free agent, you know, (laughs) teams get better when he goes away. Yeah, okay, so uh, two of us somewhat like this trade. I, l- I would love this trade if it wasn't so many goddamn picks, man. That's a lot of picks for Rudy Gobert. Mm, for sure. Yeah. All right, Raj, what, what did you have this year that just caught you off guard or just smacked you in the face? Well, uh, we talked about the DeJounte Murray trade, but I guess we'll go a bit more in detail. What's what's Atlanta doing with their like shooting guard position? Because you traded a good haul for DeJounte Murray. And I think he can fit in their system, especially just being uh, an all around guard that gives you great defense to hide uh, Trey Young's deficiencies. But are they going to have a three guard lineup with um, Bogdan Bogdanovich playing the three or, and where does Kevin Herter? I think he's already gone, isn't he? Yeah. Herter got traded traded to Sacramento. Yeah. Yo, the Kang's looking low key. Nice, man. Uh What? I'm in this year. 40 oh, wins, boy. God. Oh, my God. <laughs> oy, oy, oy. But, yeah, back to the Hawks. Back to yeah, the Hawks. I, uh, yeah. I just don't know where Bogdan Bogdanovich fits in here. Um, I think they're probably going to end up trying to play him at the three and losing John Collins and not really getting their front court sorted out. Clearly, Capella kind of looks like on the downswing in his career. Um, 
I, I just think that they went in a position where they had enough depth, and I don't think it was a probably the biggest area of concern. And they they better hope that uh, DeAndre Hunter can end up playing the four and they can play small. That's, I guess, the way they're going. But I was just a bit surprised that they gave up uh, what they did for Murray. See, I think the Hawks are the one team to watch out for in the, the rest of like the offseason because they're the most incomplete team in terms of like their overall picture because they haven't really chosen the path that they want to go. Like if I was them right now, based on the trade they just made, I would go just all athletes in, in the starting lineup besides Trey and then just play really fast and just try to run teams out of the building. Play DeAndre Hunter at the four, um, trade Capella, see what you can get for him, maybe some picks and then turn that into something else. Um, and then obviously like John Collins, who knows what's going to happen with him too. Like both of your front court guys are probably going to get traded at some point this off season. Mm-hmm. So the picture's completely, it's just incomplete, yeah. right? I think Bogdan's going to be the guy off the bench. Like I think with a herder trade, like he's going to be the guy, like the sixth man coming off the bench, which is great, obviously, as long as he's healthy, but in trading herder, you're putting a lot of pressure on him to play games in the regular season. Um, so with Atlanta, I would try to get a real player back for John Collins and then try to trade Capella for whatever you can get and then throw Conway in there and just say, it's your time. He's shown some good stuff in this first two seasons. Like he's been really good on defense and he's been pretty good with Trey young and the pick and roll. So I think this should be his time to actually play 30 minutes a game next season and then just try to run teams out of the gym. So, so the idea is to get, like a 3-4 for John Collins, right? I would think so, yeah. It's just who's out there, right? Not much. We, like, Roger, I talked about it, right? It's like the most pivoted position in the league right now is that versatile wing. And uh, it seems like they're all either in Boston or in L.A. So, I mean, yeah, who's available the, indeed? The one guy that would make the most sense who's probably now been blacklisted from the NBA is Miles Bridges. Like he mm-hmm. would fit like a glove in that lineup, obviously, but we haven't seen the scenario pop up in the NBA yet. And it doesn't look like he's going to be ba- playing basketball anywhere besides in Pelicans Bay. Ooh. Yeah. Like yeah, that reference, not, huh? Not not great. Not great <laughs> reference, but not not great. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, shoe program, son. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's. Uh, I run shit here. <laughs> you just live here. Oh, prime Denzel, man. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the Hawks are doing. I, I really don't understand it. I understood the Dejounte thing. Like, I think Dejounte and Trey Young are gonna make a a very good pairing in the backcourt, especially if Murray can get like a, a somewhat consistent shot or like a mediocre shot, right? Just anything beyond just drives he's not really a shooter i haven't really seen him shoot anything beyond a mid-range shot last year so if he can get established anything like that i think they're gonna be a lethal combo in the backcourt but yeah like you said man until they fill in anything in the front court who knows because capella it ain't the answer he'll have to do but he ain't the answer you know what trade that would make a lot of sense just popped in my head right now um there's been a lot of talk about kyle kuzma getting traded potentially I think a John Collins, Kyle Kuzma swap could sort of work for both teams, Oof. right? Like obviously Washington would have to add to that deal, but they're not the same level of player. Cause I think you think John Collins is a really good player Yeah, and he's been undervalued and underutilized in Atlanta. Yep. And he's tried to, 
be malleable around Trey Young and just try to fit in. And his usage rate is so low for a guy that averages what he averages, right? Like he was, he's averaging like 18 points a game on like 58% from the field. You put him in a scenario where he's actually getting the ball in the pick and roll, like he could easily average over 20. And Washington is a team that's trying to win now too. So I think that kind of trade where you're looking for the big wing, that's a trade that could work. Oh, <laughs> if John Collins did not like playing with Trey Young, he's going to hate playing with Bradley Beal, boy. Mm-hmm. I'll get the ball more at least. They have nobody else on that team. Will he really? I'm not a fan. I, think I mean, I'm not a fan of this idea. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I like Kuzma in Atlanta. I think Kuzma would fit in very well, but I don't know about Collins in Washington. I don't think mm. anyone's going to do well in Washington, to be honest. So maybe that's why I'm swayed. Yeah. We'll probably talk about that later. <laughs> Other than my boy, Monte Morris. He's going to kill it in Washington. He's nice. Yeah. But that's it. That's, yeah. I don't know, man. This Atlanta team is confusing. It seems like there's like no actual direction to see right now. I think by the end of the month, though, they're going to make at least one trade involving one of those two guys, with Collins and Capella, and we'll have a better picture as to what they're going to be. Because they can't... I don't think they can go in the year keeping both of them. I mean, their lineup actually looks pretty decent if you put Hunter at the three, Collins at the four, and Capella at the five, and they still have yeah. Okongwu off the bench with Bogdanovich. But um, yeah, no Gallo anymore. Right, so their bench is a lot weaker than it was uh, last year, and no right either. Delon Wright went to your team, the Washington Wizards, as well, <laughs> playing behind your boy. So That's your uh, team, Peter. Now, <laughs> wow. Okay, I've, you've claimed them. I've officially taken on the Washington Bullets. All right, <laughs> that's gonna be a sad time in my life. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't see anything. I don't see anything to look forward to in Atlanta, is all I can really say, except that backcourt. It'll be fun, but bleak, bleak front court. Um, can I ask you guys, did either of you expect this Malcolm Brogdon trade to Boston? Oh, no. Or, or am I the only one that was caught off guard by that? And surprisingly, not much, uh, like, I didn't see much coverage on it either, right? Ideally, it seems like the perfect fit, another ball handler who can shoot the rock. He played perfectly off of Giannis in those playoff runs that they were, that they were together for. And I don't know, he just seems like a composed dude, which is pretty much what Boston would have needed in the in the finals this year, right? Like in the ball handler, someone who can keep it tight, can score at will, good defender. It seems like he fits in perfectly, no? Yeah, Malcolm Brogdon, as a Raptors fan, Malcolm Brogdon scared the shit out of me during our playoff run. Because he was like the only guy besides Giannis that was consistent from game to game. And he was killing us. Like he's the perfect option, especially in a six-man role um, coming off the bench. He doesn't have to create a lot of offense in this scenario. Like he's been really good when he's played for Indiana. Like yeah, almost averaged like nine assists a game, I think, last year when he played. And now Boston can sort of do what they're planning to do with Horford and just sit him on a lot of back-to-backs and try to keep him healthy for the playoffs. And their lineup is stacked now. Like the two things they needed were a guard um, either in the starting lineup or coming off the bench. In this case, probably coming off the bench with Marcus Smart still starting. And you have Brogdon coming in, being the secondary ball handler, um, not having to play 60 plus games in the regular season because you still have Derek White back there. You still have Peyton Pritchard. And then uh, you got Gallo, who they're going to sign as well. Um, and he's another piece they needed off the bench because, you know, in the finals, they weren't getting anything from their bench in the last two games, in game five and game six. 
So now if Grant Williams is not getting the same spot up looks, you can bring Gallo in and see if he's going to get hot. And if not, you sit him down. It seems like, like they, they pretty much just filled in the holes that they needed, right? And it was quick. It was quiet. I'm, I'm still just amazed at this Brogdon deal, man. They got him for basically nothing. Like, they gave up Daniel Tice, who was barely on the roster. Aaron Neesmith, who was obviously young and up-and-comer, but it's basically it. Nick Stauskas, for us Canadians out there, whoop-de-doo, and a first-round pick next year. It's like, that's like nothing for a guy who's like 29, so he's literally in the prime of his career, who's going to help you get back to the finals, potentially, potentially help you win next year. That's crazy. Yeah, and he's a pretty good defensive player, too. Um, you know, in the playoffs, he was guarding guys like Kawhi, right? And he's actually a pretty strong player. Quickness-wise, he's lost a couple steps the last few years, but he's really strong. Like, he's a six foot three, six foot four player. Mm-hmm. He's super smart, obviously, on both sides of the ball. And he's going to fit like a glove. He's already said that he's okay with coming off the bench, too, which is big, you know, for a starting qual- uh, caliber player to be able to come in and not play 30 minutes a game anymore and be okay with that when you're 29 years old, but he's made his money now, right? Like he's got his contract yep. for the next three years. So the only downside for the Celtics here is his health. Um, he's been extremely injury prone. He's basically the Anthony Davis of point guards in the last. Whoa, years. whoa, 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 whoa. Relax. He is. Relax. If you look at his games played the last three, four years, he's Mr. Glass. All right. Let's, let's take a look at this last year. Ooh. 36 on a tanking Indiana team. Yeah, yeah. Tanking Indiana. Yeah, I, I like Brogdon. Let's stop this Probably. hate. He he fits this team really well. <laughs> um I, I think the one, I guess, I don't want to say issue is uh I, I think he's slightly better at playmaking than Marcus Smart, but uh I can still kind of see them in similar roles. And are they gonna really have a backcourt of Brogdon and Marcus Smart with Tatum Brown and um, likely Time Lord playing. Like, is that the preferred starting lineup? That might be the closing lineup. Maybe not starting, but to close a game, why not? No, it's it. That sounds like a a strong ass defensive team. Yeah, I, I just I just think that they could have probably like I think if Brogdon ends up becoming a bit more of a spot up shooter. Uh, at times, because they'll just need the spacing. I think that's one thing that Boston probably lacked a bit is having uh, really a, a three-point specialist on their team. Um, but again, having another ball handler, you're taking away one of Brogdon's probably best attributes, which is playmaking. Um, he played really well with Sabonis in Indiana. Uh, again, he was able to get Giannis the ball in good positions in Milwaukee. I just There's just not enough ball to go around between Brown... Tatum, Brogdon, and Smart, uh, and they need players that play well without the ball. I'm not saying Brogdon can't, but I don't think that's his forte. I don't know. He played pretty well off the ball in the Raptors series in 2019. <laughs> yeah, like he's played with Giannis, he's played with superstars before, and he's played really well off the ball. So I know he's been like the main guy in Indiana the last couple of years, but he has shown in the past he can do that. And he's a good spot up shooter as well. Yeah. I think he's going to be asked optimized. to do less and play less, and he should be more efficient because of it. So, I, I obviously, I like the trade for the Celtics. Like, I think they might be the favorite to win it all next year based on the Clippers never being healthy. Like, if the Clippers were healthy, I'd probably pick them. But um, the Celtics have shown that 
they obviously have the capability to get to the finals already. And then you're adding two pieces in here that can only help you, you would think, as long as they stay healthy. And you still have Grant Williams on the team too, right? Like they're probably only going to play Howard Horford like 50, 60 games next year. He's probably still going to start when he does play. The one worry I have for them though is Robert Williams and that knee. Because, you know, Boston's um, history with players getting injured and them <laughs> playing them anyway. Yeah. You know, see Isaiah Thomas is not great. And Williams relies on his athleticism. So if he's not healthy going into next year, they have no shot to win at all. So that's my only worry for them. Um, but again, they added Gallo. So you have more front court depth and Grant Williams will play more next year. So they're fine. It was a great move for Indiana. You get like a flyer on a young player and Aaron Neesmith who barely ever got the play in Boston. And then you get a first round pick, which you might be able to package for something next year. So it's a fine trade for them too. They get Brogdon off the books. Yo, those, those first round picks from contending teams is so funny to me. Like, is there really that much value on a pick that's like 28, 27? No. Like really? No. Is that really a valuable first round? No. Hell no. Come on. No, but you can package those things with players to get a better player. So Indiana has been known to not want to be in the lottery, which they haven't been for who knows how long now until last year. Uh, sorry, this year. And, yeah. uh, you know, they're going to be the type of team that's going to want to rebuild quickly. Not so this I think year. that's. Not this year, my friend. Uh, I think you might be surprised with some news coming down soon. I think that they're going to be the team that gives DeAndre Aiden that big (laughs) offer sheet. Did you just Brian Windhorse me? (laughs) Hold on. You know, Peter, there's some weird things going on in Indiana right now. You look at this trade, and I'm not saying anything, but... No, no thanks. Ain't nothing happening in Indiana except another visit to the lottery. Sorry. Miles Turner is going to be gone this summer. Miles Turner, what if he was on Atlanta? How about that? Yeah, that could work. Yep. Yeah. John Collins a bit younger. Probably fit into this Indiana system a little bit better. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. Trade See, you guys are else. usually the ones that come up with trade ideas, not me. You do your long flights. That's your Get- forte. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all I was thinking about is how to get rid of John Collins on this flight. Exactly. <laughs> You know me too well, man. You, know you couldn't me even well. enjoy your Italy trip, huh? You're just thinking about John Collins' destinations. The entire exactly. time. <laughs> <Don't> imagine. <laughs> that would be a very sad-ass trip, boy. <laughs> yeah, so you don't like what the Kings have done this, <laughs> this summer? Oh, my God. Don't even get me started, man. Oh, my God. What are they doing? Like, why are they trying so hard to be, like, a nine seed? Like, I don't get it. Just rebuild already. It's been, what, 20 years because, man, they committed to Fox and Sabonis too much. Why? <laughs> Just get rid of them. Start <laughs> over. Playoffs. It's a perfect year to do it, too. Come on, man. It's the playoffs. Playoffs? Yeah. Kings? Yeah. Playoffs? Watch. No. Watch. This year, they're making the playoffs. Or There's the- like 12 teams ahead of them. They have no chance to make the playoffs. And they, no, no, no. Yes, they got Kevin Herter, and who else did they get? They Malik got um, Monk? Malik Monk. Oh, yeah. That's a squad right there. Squad, squad, oh, squad. Man. And a full year of Deer and Fox and Sabonis with a with an actual training camp? Whew. Come on, man. They're gonna be real nice this year. Y'all just uh y'all underestimating my this my squad. They're not even gonna be in the play on game. No chance. They will. Watch. If I have to claim Washington, I'm claiming Sacramento with it. Oh god. 
Yeah. I'd rather have I mean, second. one is like the other in the other conference, right? It's the same thing. Yeah, which, like, realistically, which team would you rather have right now? The Wizards or the Kings? Neither. But if you had to have one, one yeah, I'd take the Kings. Yeah. I, I, no, no. Easily. Actually, the Wizards Easily. have three. How can you pick a team that hasn't made the playoffs in what twenty years, fifteen because years, whatever? They're been? not strapped to Bradley Beal for five years, with a no, with as the only player in the league with a no trade clause and a fifteen percent trade kicker. Yeah, but you're talking about the team for next year, right? Who's the best player on the court when those teams play each other? Bradley Beal. Yeah, who are the se- second and third best players? Fox and Sabonis. Why, why are Who's we arguing fourth? Washington probably, versus Sacramento? What, what, are we, what are we doing? Come we haven't on, even man. talked Kevin Durant. Rui Hashimura is in the starting lineup. Oh, <laughs> this guy with Rui, man. Future all-star, huh? Japanese Kevin Durant is here to save the day. <laughs> they were begging teams to take this guy off their hands at, draft, at the draft, and this guy's still on his bandwagon. Got all oh that stock. Goodness. Can't like dump it. it. Yo, He's like going to come uh, to the what Raps. Oh, God, no. We don't want him. <laughs> Yo, the Raps would make him nice, man. I'll Raptors take Yuta over him. I will take Watanabe over him. Oh, my oh, God. I don't yeah. know about that. I don't know about that. Hachimura is trash. Yeah, Utah is not, not very good. I'm sorry to say it, but Utah is not very good. At least he tries hard. <laughs> you know what, man? Rui was dealing with some personal stuff last year, you know? You gotta let him let him process. Yeah, he's he's depressed that he sucks so much at basketball. Man, the, the audacity. All right. Do we really want to talk about this Brooklyn Nets situation? Kyrie's back for another year, so he says. Or I guess so the contract says. Kevin Durant has requested out as soon as Kyrie signed his contract. Uh, basically, he said he wants to go to Phoenix or Miami. Surprise, surprise. Kevin Durant wants to go to a contender. Except none of these teams are going to give up anything worthwhile for the Brooklyn Nets to take back. So... All in all, I'm pretty sure Kevin Durant's going to stay on the Nets until at least the trade deadline, if not all year. Anybody else? Yeah, like... He ain't going nowhere. Like, if, if we're going to talk about Kevin Durant, we got to do it properly. And Brooklyn's delusional, I think. They have a player that wants out, who wants to go to a contender, and no contender is going to gut their team to get Kevin Durant. Because the reason they want to get Kevin Durant is to put them over the top. And the teams that he listed, Phoenix and Miami, they don't they do have depth in certain in certain ways, but they're not players that they're willing to let go easily. And Brooklyn's trying to ask for Cat and uh, Anthony Edwards and picks. Like, come on. Um, Kevin Durant's just gonna probably end up playing for the Nets because he loves basketball and he's not gonna sit out. Um, and I, I honestly think the Raptors should just put in an offer. Stay strong with that offer, and you know what? Maybe they end up uh, getting Brooklyn, a frustrated Brooklyn that wants to move on from Kevin Durant. Yeah, I think that Kevin Durant is going to get traded this offseason because you're going to get more value for him in the offseason versus at the trade deadline. And the Brooklyn Nets don't want to have to go through this entire scenario uh, again You know, for the first half of the year like they did with Harden with KD next year. So I think ultimately he's going to get traded at some point in the offseason. And I think ultimately, like, Brooklyn is probably not going to get the same type of return that Utah did for Gobert. Um, I think they're going to get less. I don't think this talk about... 
I mean, look at what Utah got. They got like five first round picks and, you know, Minnesota's pick from this year too, right? They got the center that they picked for this year and they got a bunch of role players, right? And they're just not in a position to get that same type of package, I don't think. Like, I think ultimately they're going to have to choose between most likely Phoenix's offer and Toronto's offer. Those are the two teams I see that are capable of actually making a pretty good offer that Brooklyn would eventually take. What's what's in this Phoenix offer? Bridges, Aiton, I'm assuming in a sign-in trade. What else are you really throwing out there? Like, let's say three draft picks, four draft picks. Yeah, but you just like, trade all your draft capital because like both Phoenix and Toronto have all their draft capital. So I think that's the big thing in the trade. I mean, Brooklyn doesn't have any of their picks, which complicates things. Like they're a team that probably still wants to win, which yeah. is not something a lot of people are talking about because they traded all their picks to Houston, who is looking really good right now after doing <laughs> that trade, not taking back Ben Simmons. Um, and Brooklyn's going to want to stay competitive while still trying to recuperate some of the draft picks that they lost. Yeah. So I think ultimately they're going to try to get a player that may not be a franchise level player, but like a DeAndre Aiden, Mikel Bridges, Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi, those types of players that are like top 50 players, but not your franchise altering dudes. And, uh, you know, um, get a bunch of draft picks with them, get four first round picks, three pick swaps, whatever. It yeah. Takes. I think the Raptors should offer know. something like that. Like, uh, a package of OG, Gary Trent, three first round picks, and one pick swap. I think that potentially could get it done. How do, do you really buy that though? Like a Raj, Raj's idea of OG, Gary Trent, and you know, like three picks and a swap. There's no way KD goes for that little. Considering what Gobert just went for, there's like I just I can't comprehend this. Like it just doesn't it doesn't like compute in my head. I don't think the Nets are going to get what they want. I don't think that they're going to get the, you know, the great young player who's under 25 plus all the picks, plus all the pick swaps. I think ultimately they're going to want to get out of the scenario and they're going to take the best offer available to them in a month or two, or even the next couple of weeks. And I think ultimately it's going to be a Pascal Siakam, a DeAndre Ayton, maybe a team we haven't really thought of like a Brandon Ingram. Like that's one name that's come up a lot in the last week or so. I think that makes a ton of sense as well. A player like on that caliber who's like a secondary star who's really good and you can still build around him if you're the Nets and still have maybe a playoff team if Ben Simmons decides to show up for work and the role players <laughs> actually play well and actually stay on the court like Seth Curry, you know, uh, TJ Warren, guys like that. But um, ultimately, I think that Kevin Durant's going to get traded for a top 35 player whatever salary that makes sense and then all the picks in the world hey how about this one other one how about the raptors pulling a fast one on brooklyn saying no scotty no scotty no scotty making brooklyn want him real bad and then finally doing a scotty barnes gary trent jr and like one pick or two picks no no hey no. you have a scott is no. not going and you have a two-year window where you have literally all your veterans um, and you still maintain your core and you're competitive. Scotty or I have a 15-year window. Oh, my God. That's just like your NFTs. Your NBA top shot. Where did that go? Come where on. did your top shot go? Not you're comparing Scotty Barnes to top? How dare you, sir? How dare yeah. you? Nah, that's, that's ludicrous, Josh. You cannot assume any player is going to give you 15 years, let alone six. Like, and you can't even assume that Kevin Durant's going to give you two years with I your agree. franchise. 
Well, I, I think I also agree. Con- you can't assume any of that. At least you know you have Scotty Barnes under contract for at least eight years, right? Versus Kevin Durant, he might change his mind in a month. Yeah. So I'd rather trade a guy like Pascal Siakam for him, all the picks, and then whatever salary that needs to make up the extra couple million. And then you still have Scotty Barnes with Kevin Durant, still have Fred Van Vliet, still have OG, and then the parts around them are pretty right. good as well. So I you think, think Siakam the- has to go over OG? Like that would be your preference? Oh yeah, like if I'm building a team right now as a Raptors around Kevin Durant, I think that it makes more sense to trade Pascal Siakam in this scenario versus lose potentially Scotty Barnes plus all the salary you have to send back in order to make it work. Mm-hmm. Like you're going to basically have Pascal, Fred Van Vliet, Kevin Durant and a bunch of minimum contract yeah. guys if you do the Scotty Barnes no, no. trade. Yeah. So I don't think they're going to win the championship no, but that like, way. Just to answer the question, if you had, to, if you're the Raptors, who would you want to send out on the trade, OG or Siakam? Siakam. If I'm the Raptors, I would rather trade Pascal okay. Siakam because in yeah. that scenario, I think they're like the contracts are pretty close with Siakam and Kevin Durant. Like you probably just have to trade Kem Birch with them and then all the picks, right? Whereas with OG Ananobi, you probably have to trade Gary Trent. You probably have to trade another key valuable role player. Um, so, and obviously all the picks. And I think OG would probably fit better around KD as well. Like Pascal showed that he's a really good second option, obviously, and being the second option for the championship team. And I love Pascal Siakam, but ultimately I'd want Scotty Barnes to be in that secondary role with him if you're keeping Scotty and then have OG just be the do it all guy who defends the best player on the other team. This is all correct. I totally agree. And, you know, let's be honest. Scotty Barnes is the future, man. I hate to be a Toronto hype man, but Scotty Barnes is doing everything right in Toronto. So they're not going to trade him. I hope not. They're not going to trade him. All right. Well, guys, this is uh, is fun. Any random uh, free agents that you just want to be like, whoa, did you know this guy signed? You know Kyle Anderson signed with the Timberwolves, Raj? Your boy Kyle Anderson. eh? You're muted. Slow mo, eh? Yeah, man. Add that to Cat and what's his face and Rudy Gobert. Oh my god, <laughs> I, I'm interested to see what Memphis does. I think they probably have a move or two in them, um, just because they need to kind of round out their roster a bit. I think, and uh, hopefully, yeah, just make sure that next year is their year. Yeah, they lost the Anthony Melton. Slomo's gone. Jaron Jackson Jr. out for a couple of months to start the season. Eh, Memphis is going to be interesting this year. Jaw is going to have a lot more spotlight on him. So will Desmond Bain. It'll be fun to watch them. Josh, you got any uh, random holy shit free agents? Did you know about this guy? I think we need to do a part two in the free agency because we haven't gone over a lot of stuff. But quickly, Bruce Brown going to the Nuggets. That was Ooh. my favorite small-ish move of the offseason. Because you have one of the best cutters in the NBA who showed that he can hit wide open three point shots from the corner going into a team with a center who loves hooking up guys who cut to the basket and shoot corner threes. It's just a perfect fit. Music to my ears, baby. Add that with KCP and Ish Smith. Baby. The Ish Smith part. I don't think that matters, but yeah, KCP is a nice fit. He's a good veteran leader. Okay. That's what young teams need. Good veteran leadership. And he's the guy who has taken over the mantle as the guy who has played for the most teams in the NBA in his career. 
Yep. Well, yeah, while we're at, let's bring Carmelo to the back to the Nuggets. Oof. Yeah. I thought you want the Nuggets to be good. Be better than DeAndre Jordan. He's not going to play. <laughs> I think they brought him to the like honestly, I think they brought him to the Nuggets just so other players look at the Nuggets and be like, I love DeAndre Jordan. I would love to go play there and chill with him the entire year. Maybe. Maybe he just likes weed. He seems like the most popular player in the NBA, so I wouldn't be surprised, honestly. Yeah. Maybe he just likes smoking weed. Maybe he's going to open a weed shop with the Cronkies. That'd be cool. All right. Well, I'm going to call it here, guys. I want to thank everyone for listening. Please remember to rate and subscribe on iTunes, on Spotify. We're on all the major podcast platforms. You can find us at Hoops Corner Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And until next time, peace.